Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Read from Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita, Adi Leela, chapter 7, beginning from uh, verse 68. I won't read all the purports, I'll read one of the purports later. Um, the scene in which this is being spoken is that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, having come to Varanasi, is being challenged by the Mayavadi sannyasis. So the, the first verse that's being read here is being spoken by Prakashananda Saraswati, the Mayavadi sannyasi, in challenge to Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He says, Sannyasi Hoya Koro Nartan Gayan Bhavuk Shab Shange Loya Koro Shankitan. You are a sannyasi, why then do you indulge in chanting and dancing, engaging in your sankirtan movement in the company of fanatics? Vidanta patan dhyan, shanyashira dharma, taha chari karo kene bhavuke karma. Meditation and the study of Vedanta are the sole duties of a sannyasi. Why do you abandon these to dance with fanatics? Prabhave deki Prabhavi deki toma shakhat narayan. Hina cha karo kene ite ki karan. You look as brilliant as if you were a narayan himself. Will you kindly explain the reason that you have adopted the behavior of lower class people? Prabhu kahishunu shripad eha karan. Guru more murkha deki. Karilo shasham. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu replied to Prakashananda Saraswati. My dear sir, kindly hear the reason. My spiritual master considered me a fool and therefore he chastised me. Murkatumi tomar nahik vedant adika krishna mantra japashada e mantra shah. You are a fool, he said. You are not qualified to study Vedanta philosophy and therefore you must always chant the holy name of Krishna. This is the essence of all mantras or Vedic hymns. Krishna mantra hoite hobe shangshamochan Krishna nam hoite pabe Krishna charan. Simply by chanting the holy name of Krishna, one can, attain, one can obtain freedom from material existence. Indeed, simply by chanting the Hare Krishna mantra, one will be able to see the lotus feet of the Lord. Nam binu kali kale nahi aro dharma. Sharva mantra shar nam e shastra marma. In this age of Kali, there is no religious principle other than the chanting of the holy name, which is the essence of all Vedic hymns. This is the purport of all scriptures. Eto bali ek shlok shikailo more, konte kori e shlok koriho bichare. After describing the potency of the Hare Krishna Mahamantra, my spiritual master taught me another verse, advising me to always keep it within my throat. Hare Nama, Hare Nama, Hare Nama, Eva Kevalam, Kalo Nascheva, 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 Gatiranyata. 
for spiritual progress in this age of Kali, there is no alternative, no alternative. There is no alternative to the holy name, the holy name, the holy name of the Lord. Ayagyapaya nam lai anukhan nam laite laite mar branta hailaman. Since I have received this order from my spiritual master, I always chant the holy name. But I thought that by chanting and dancing the holy name, I had been bewildered. By chanting and chanting the holy name, I had been bewildered. Dhoja dharite nari hoilam unmatta hashi kandi nachi gai joyche modamatta. While chanting the holy name of the Lord in pure ecstasy, I lose myself and thus I laugh, cry, dance and sing just like a madman. Tabe dhoja dari mane Kari lung bicha, Krishna name jnana channa hoilo ama. Collecting my patience, therefore, I began to consider that chanting the holy name of Krishna had covered all my spiritual knowledge. Pagal hoilang ami dhajan nahi mane, eto chinti nibedi lung gurur charane. I saw that I had become mad by chanting the holy name. And I immediately submitted this at the lotus feet of my spiritual master. Kiba mantra dilo goshai kiba tarabal jopite jopite mantra karilo pago. My dear Lord, what kind of mantra have you given me? I have become mad simply by chanting this maha mantra. Hashai na chai more korai krondon eto shuni guru hashi bolilo bachan. Chanting the holy name in ecstasy causes me to dance, laugh and cry. When my spiritual master heard all this, he smiled and then began to speak. Krishna Namaha Mantra Eto Shabhav Jape Ta Krishna Upajaye Bhav It is the nature of the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra that anyone who chants it immediately develops his loving ecstasy for Krishna. Krishna Pishaya Prima Parampurushartha Religious, religiosity, economic development, sense gratification and liberation are known as the four goals of life. But before love of Godhead, the fifth and highest goal, these appear as insignificant as straw in the street. Pancham Purushartha Premanandamrita Shindhu Mokhadi Ananda Ja Nohe Ek Bindu. For a devotee who has actually developed bhav, the pleasure derived from Dharma, Artha, Kama, and Mokha appears like a moksha, appears like a drop in the presence of the sea. Kindly, yeah, please turn off all the phones. Just forget the rest of the world for now. You can go on. You can get back to it later. Let us hear about Krishna now. No, not possible. There's more important things to do than hear about Krishna. Krishna name fall, prema, sarva shastri koi, bhagye she prema tomai karilo udoi. The conclusion of all revealed scriptures is that one should awaken his dormant love of Godhead. You are greatly fortunate to have already done so. Premasha bhave kare chitta tanu khob 
Krishna Charan Prapte Upajai Lob. It is a characteristic of love of Godhead that by nature it induces transcendental symptoms in one's body and makes one more and more greedy to achieve the shelter of the lotus feet of the Lord. When one actually develops love of Godhead, he naturally sometimes cries, sometimes laughs, sometimes chants, and sometimes runs here and there, just like a madman. Shrida Kampu Romantashru Godgada Bhaibanna Unmada Bishada Dharja Garba Harsha Doinna Perspiration, trembling, standing on end of one's bodily hairs, tears, faltering voice, fading complexion, madness, melancholy, patience, pride, joy and humility. These are various natural symptoms of ecstatic love of Godhead, which causes a devotee to dance and float in an ocean of transcendental bliss while chanting the Hare Krishna mantra. Bhalo hoilo paile tumi purusharta toma premeti ami hoilung kritartha It is very good, my dear child, that you have attained the supreme goal of life by developing love of Godhead. Thus you have pleased me very much and I am very much obliged to you. Nacho gao bhakta shange karo shankitan krishna nama upadeshi tara sarvajam My dear child, continue dancing, chanting and performing sankirtan in association with devotees. Furthermore, go out and preach the value of chanting krishna nama for by this process you will be able to deliver all the fallen souls. Eto bali ek shlok shikailo more bhagavate shar e bale bare bare Saying this, my spiritual master taught me a verse from Srimad Bhagavatam. It is the essence of all the Bhagavatam's instructions. Therefore, he recited this verse again and again. I, I'll just read the purport here. This verse from Srimad Bhagavatam was spoken by Sri Narad Muni to Vasudev to teach him about Bhagavad Dharma. Vasudev had already achieved the result of Bhagavad Dharma because Lord Krishna appeared in his house as his son Yet in order to teach others, he desired to hear from Sri Narad Muni to be enlightened in the process of Bhagavad Dharma. This is the humbleness of, of a great devotee. So now Chaitanya Mahabharu is going to recite the verse which he says is the essence of all the Bhagavatam's instructions. When a person is actually advanced and takes pleasure in chanting the holy name of the Lord, who is very dear to him, he is agitated and loudly chants the holy name. He also laughs, cries, becomes agitated and chants just like a madman, not caring for outsiders. Oh! To summarize uh, then, uh, <coughs> the Mayavadi sannyasis have challenged Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that why are you not acting like a sannyasi? Sannyasi, according to the Mayavadi, should be exceedingly grave 
and engage in studying of Vedanta and meditation. So why are you, why are you not doing this? Why are you jumping around in the streets, singing and dancing, which are absolutely proscribed, not prescribed, proscribed for sannyasis, and uh, in the association of low-class people, because in the Shankara Sampradaya, you know, sannyasi must come from Brahmin caste. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu mixed all uh, staying at Varanasi, he stayed in the house of Chandrasekhar Acharya, who was considered no, uh, not Chandrasekhar Acharya, in the house of Chandrasekhar, who was a uh, a copywriter. He wrote copied books. He was a writer in those days. Books were written, or any not just books, any records, any official records, whatever. So he, he was a Shudra by caste. But Chaitanya Mahabharu stayed in his house, which was certainly very shocking to the people. It certainly, just by doing so, it gave a message that Chaitanya Mahabharu is different. He's a different kind of sannyasi. He's, he's not concerned with caste. So this was the challenge. And Chaitanya Mahabharu answered it by citing Guru Vachan, which in Vedic culture is very powerful, the order of the Guru. One is expected to follow the order of the Guru. However, the order of the Guru is supposed to be uh, based on Shastra. Otherwise, what's the use? If the Guru just uh, says whatever he likes without any reference to Shastra, then, uh, the, then you get the kind of thing that's going on nowadays, where you have popular gurus who uh, they're more like uh, can we turn cell phones off please anyone who has one so uh, gurus nowadays the so called gurus they're, they're more like some kind of trendy management consultant many of them there's one long haired bearded fellow from Bangalore, I believe it is, who has all this, this, uh, the art of going to hell and all this kind of thing. It's, uh, throws in a few quotes from the Upanishads, but not, but it's just uh, cheating, that's all. Any, any intelligent person can understand this is cheating, but uh, now, of course, people are not very intelligent. They, they think they're intelligent, that's, uh, that's more foolish. They, they use their intelligence for this, uh, Shudra work of writing <coughs> software and then they uh, like Shudras they get money and they spend it on parties and booze and all this kind of thing so it's stupid guru for stupid people and they all go to, they all enter into darker ignorance but in one way the, the Mayavadis at, at this time they were they were better because at, at least superficially they based whatever they were doing on Shastra. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu cited Guru Vachan, <coughs> the order of the Guru, but uh, that order of the Guru that he also had to demonstrate how that is based on Shastra. We have here in Bangalore the, the capital of the uh, so-called Ridvik philosophy, where they say, well, Prabhupada said, as if uh, 
Prabhupada would give any instruction which is outside of Shastra. So they've, they've misunderstood the principle that what Guru says has to be understood in the light of Shastra. Guru is not an independent authority. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu uh, cited the order of his Guru and the order of his Guru was Nacha Gao Bhakti Shange Karo Shankitan Krishnam Upadeshi Tara Sarvajan that uh, singing and dancing and chanting you chant the Hare Krishna mantra and in by chanting and instructing others in the in Harinam you deliver all people just keep it there for now please don't put it on the floor you're sitting on it your feet are there it's the same um, so uh, but then he quoted Shastra there's not just my guru's idea that one day my, my we have this kind of fairy tale gurus also that the guru was just in meditation one day then he got struck by a thunderbolt and then he had a realization that uh, everyone should eat meat and worship Kali and all the paths are the same or something like this so uh, Chaitanya Mahabhu didn't have a fairy tale guru he, is, he, he quoted Shastra and Chaitanya Mahabhu in quoting his guru quoted what his guru had quoted to him from Shastra what's going on? Uh, we don't need this light actually you can take it away just please sit down try to try to listen it's very difficult for us in the modern age to listen because we're always our senses are always agitated so much we, can, we can't just sit and listen so if, even if there's harikata going on if someone just picks their nose everyone will look they want their attention will be diverted so please just try to listen So uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu cited Shastra. His guru had quoted Shastra and he quoted to Prakashananda Saraswati Shastra to uh, justify what the order of his guru was. The order of his guru was to, to chant Hare Krishna and instruct others to do so. On the basis of what? On the basis of Brihan Naradiya Purana. Hare Nama, Hare Nama, Hare Nama, Eva Kevalam. Kalonas, Jevanas, Jevanas, Jevagatiranyata. That in this age of Kali, there is no other way, no other way, no other way for spiritual perfection but to chant the holy names, chant the holy names, chant the holy names of Hari. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu described what had happened in his life. That by chanting the holy names, I... The, the, the holy names Hasai, Nachai the, the holy name by chanting the holy names make me laugh and they make me dance it's not, I'm, it's not that I'm just dancing because I, I f- feel like having some fun but by chanting the holy name the holy names make me dance so I was uh, when this happened by chanting the holy names I started laughing and dancing like a madman so I approached my guru and asked him, what's going on? I, I took this mantra from you and a mantra 
is supposed to give you spiritual knowledge and enhance your spiritual knowledge. But by chanting this mantra, I find that whatever I had studied previous to this, previous to this, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was known as a great pundit, Nimai Pandit. He was expert in logic and defeating others in logic. So he found that whatever knowledge he had before, he'd lost. And now he was just singing and dancing. So he said that, I've become like a madman and uh, whatever knowledge I have has become covered. So it seems like the opposite result of what I should get from a mantra, my knowledge should expand and I should become very sober. But instead, whatever knowledge I have, I lost it and I became like a madman. So what happened? He went back to his guru. He didn't say, oh, this guru is useless, but let's, let's see what he has to say. First of all, uh, we should see what he, before, if you, of course, there may be a case, if, you, if you're so unfortunate to have some out of going to hell, so-called kind of guru, then uh, you may be unfortunate, you may be in the situation where to reject such a person. But you should, uh, at least you should test what is his uh, discussion, according, how does he justify, according to Shastra, what he's doing. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu went back to his guru and asked, what, what is this? Keep our mantra dilogosha. What, what kind of a mantra have you given? And on hearing this, Ishwara Puripad, his Gurudev, said, very good. You're dancing and chanting Hare Krishna, forgetting everything else? Very good. Your knowledge has become covered over? Very good. Because that is the result of chanting Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna Mahamantra, Eto Shabhav Jai, Jape Tar Krishna Upajaye Bhav. The natural result of chanting Hare Krishna is that one will develop loving feelings for Krishna. And if that covers one's, if one forgets all the so-called knowledge that he has previously, that's very good. Because whatever knowledge we have outside of Krishna consciousness is not knowledge, it's ignorance. In Bhagavatam also it's described, Bhakti Pureshanubhava Virakti Ranyatra. Bhakti means to experience the Supreme, experience of the Supreme Lord and concomitant detachment from everything else. So, that is affected by chanting the Hare Krishna mantra. As Ishwara Puripad taught to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu another verse which he said, Bhagavata Shar, <coughs> this is the essence of the Srimad Bhagavatam. And the Bhagavatam, what is the Bhagavatam? Saravetetihasanam Saram Saram The Bhagavatam itself is the essence of the essence of all the Vedas and all the uh, histories and all the Shastras. So what is the essence of the essence of the essence of all the Shastras? Evangrata Sapriyanamakirtya Jatanuraga Dutachitta Uchai Hasatito Rodati Roti Madhavan Gayat Roti Gayantun Madhavan Ritchati Lokabhayaha that when one is actually advanced in love 
in the stage of love of Godhead, then he automatically chants the name of his Lord, who is very dear to him. The Lord is very dear to him, and the name of the Lord is very dear to him. It's not that, uh, have you chanted your 16 rounds? It's not like that, but, but automatic uh, the attraction to the holy name by which one automatically uh, laughs, uh, cries, calls out loud and sings without caring for what other people think. So, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was describing that this is what I'm doing and I don't care what you people think. You don't like it? Too bad. I'm chatting Hare Krishna. This is the this is it. This is the spiritual life. For that, Vedanta Patan Dhyan, Sanyashira Dharma, the uh, Prakashananda told that the dharma of a sannyasi is to study Vedanta and to meditate. But the the actual result of doing that if one is to come to the standard of loving Krishna if one actually studies Vedanta. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu went on to demonstrate this, that he's not bereft of knowledge of Vedanta. Rather, his knowledge of Vedanta far surpasses that of the Mayavadi sannyasis who are studying in a rote kind of manner, but who have not uh, entered into the essence of Vedanta. Vedanta generally is considered... Well, Vedanta means the Upanishads. Atato Brahma Jignasa. Now you've been through all the Karma Kandiya section, Purva Mimamsa. Now you come to the Jnana Kanda. At the end of the Vedas, after you've been through all this Evam Trai Dharma Manu Prapanagatagatam What is that? Evam Trai Dharma Manu Prapanagatagatam Kama Kama Labhante That... You study the Vedas, Kamakanda section, you perform sacrifice, you go to heaven, you come back again, you go up again, you go down, down again, you go up again, you go down again, you go up again, and sometimes you slip down to hell also, as, as happened with Nriga Maharaj. So when you're finished with all this coming and going up and down to the heavenly planets, then you atato Brahma Jignasa. Now you inquire into the absolute truth. This is Vedanta, subject matter of Vedanta. But the uh, ultimate subject matter of Vedanta, uh, the, the subject of Vedanta is Brahma, the absolute truth, which is generally conceived of uh, by persons who are fed up of going up and down to the heavenly planets and back. Uh, they, they, they generally conceive of the absolute truth as impersonal because they're not very happy in material life, but at the same time, they have not given up the attitude of envy towards Krishna. So when one uh, understands ultimately that Brahma means the absolute truth, Krishna, he is the, the absolute truth is not simply the object of knowledge, but the absolute truth is the object of love then one comes to bhakti. And when one is in bhakti, then he doesn't care for the 
karmis, gyanis, yogis, what they think. He doesn't care because he's absorbed in love of Krishna. He's no longer subject to social conventions. Mm. He's uh, beyond the, the whatever else anyone may aspire for. He only aspires for Krishna. Mm. What is that? Shutim iteri. Shutim iteri. Shutim apari. Bharata manye. Baba bhaya vitam. Ahamiha nandang vande. Yasyalinde parang brahma. That certain persons, they worship, they are very much interested in the original Vedas, others are interested in the Puranas, and others, they worship the Mahabharat being afraid of material existence, they follow Shastra. But, as the author of this verse states, I, as far as I'm concerned, I worship Nanda Maharaj. He doesn't say I worship Krishna, I worship Nanda Maharaj. Because in his courtyard, the supreme absolute truth is playing. So some are worshipping the Shruti, some are worshipping the Smriti, and big long discussions, Tattvamasi, what is, what is Tat? What is that Tat? What is, what is the meaning of this Upanishadic Vakya? So many big discussions. But as far as I'm concerned, I'm simply worshipping Nanda Maharaj. Because the Param Brahma, that you're, you are searching after kim tad brahma kim adhyatma what is brahma, what is spiritual but Nanda Maharaj is just watching that the ultimate goal of the yogi is the ultimate goal of all the Shastra knowledge playing in his courtyard so when one realizes this and chants the holy name of the Lord then he doesn't care lokabhahya, what others think let them say let them say what they like I must chant Hare Krishna now, this is a, a very important consideration. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, in his time, was considered a social deviant. And actually, even up to the present time, there are many persons, in so-called scholars in Bengal and Orissa, who blame Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. In Orissa, they say that, well, he made, by teaching this Prem Dharma, he made like, King Prataparudra into a sissy, and therefore, he couldn't fight properly, and Orissa became overcome, overcome by the Muslims. Or, uh, they say that, well, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu spoiled the old dharma in Bengal by breaking down the caste system, because Chaitanya Mahaprabhu didn't follow any caste system. Nicha jati nahe krishna bhajane ajoga, shatku bipra nahe bhajane ajoga, jay bhajay shebara abhaktihina cha, Krishna Bhajani Nahing Jad Kuladi Bicha, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said that low birth is not a disqualification for bhakti, and high birth, so called high birth, is not a qualification for bhakti. Whoever worships Krishna, that person is high class, and whoever doesn't worship Krishna is low class. That is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's estimation. So, there are people up to this day who say that Chaitanya Mahabharu spoiled society in Bengal. He was a, a social deviant, you could say. Of course, Chaitanya Mahabharu, to call him a social deviant is, 
is way off the mark because he's the supreme personality of Godhead but he ap- appeared to be like a social deviant actually a Vaishnava must be a social deviant because society, materialistic society is deviated from Krishna consciousness so if one wants to be a Vaishnava he cannot remain within res- he cannot remain as a respectable member of society because to be a respectable member of materialistic society one has to be a materialist and a Vaishnava is not a materialist a Vaishnava is fully dedicated to Krishna and he knows that everything in this world just like we were reading here Trinatulla Jaragi Trinatulla Chari Purushartha Krishna Vishaya Prima Param Purushartha Jaragi Trinatulla Chari Purushartha this Dharma Artha Kama Moksha which are considered the respectable goals of persons within the Varnashram system uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu says that in comparison to love of Krishna they are all like straw in the street so nowadays people don't care very much about Dharma or Moksha they are simply interested in Artha and karma, get money and have sense gratification. And this is considered the sand of society. In modern India, the caste system is broken down to a large extent, uh, but it's not that, not on a spiritual basis of seeing everyone as equal, but rather there's a new, uh, there's a new kind of caste system or a new measure of prestige. Now it's not according to, uh, now it, it's not according to birth, but it's more according to money. If you have money, then you're considered a gentleman. If you're working for a multinational corporation, of course they also have people who sweep the floor, that's not considered very prestigious. But if you're, if you're working as a highly paid shudra in a multinational corporation, then think, oh, this is very prestigious. So, the, the, just the, just the, uh, the emphasis has changed, but the, uh, still it's just as materialistic as previously. This, this, it's another kind of materialistic consideration that we have to be considered respectable by people in general. But, Actually, if we are to be Krishna conscious, then by the estimation of materialistic people, we can never be respectable because their their aim of life is completely different. Their aim of life is get money and show it off. That you have to show your your dressed in expensive clothes and live in an expensive house and you have an expensive car and you have to show it off. It's all being fooled by the business, by the big corporations who want you to work and then you have to spend money. You get money and then you have to spend it on things like cars which immediately, they, as soon as you buy it, then immediately the value goes down. And they build it in such a way that it's within five years it's completely useless, maximum five years. And then you have to buy another one. 
and uh, it's not considered very high class to have a car which is more than two years old in Japan one year and so you have to sell it and get a new one and in this way they keep you working like an ass of course asses don't work as hard but it's just a saying <laughs> it's just a saying working like an ass but working more than an ass and then you, you get lots of money and you spend it all and then you yeah, I'm very prestigious that's all and everything just for sense gratification and prestige that's all so a devotee doesn't live according to this principle a devotee is not so foolish that he thinks I, I have to be I have to show how respectable I am according to the standard of fools the whole materialistic society is by nature foolish because the, the goal of life is foolish the goal of the materialists is sense gratification prestige money with no uh, higher goal in life even they may be religious supposedly religious but their goal of life is not love of Krishna the goal of life is not surrender to Krishna if at all they're religious then religion is just something to uh, to make them appear respectable and uh, the God if he God if he's there then he can help them. you know those really difficult things like uh, the, 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 what is it just like this art of going to hell guy he says that you know that you you, you you d- it's pseudo-spirituality that helps to relieve stress all this kind of thing religion and, and even the doctors recommend you do something religious you do some meditation and that will that's very good that will help to release the then it will help to lower the BP yeah, religion's very good some doctors yeah, religion's very you should be religious and then you see your stress will go down and BP will go down and it's very good we recommend it. Religion is very good. Very good for BP. <laughs> you say, it's not you actually have to believe in God, but you say, you just, you, know, you do some bhajans and some kirtans. And, you know, it's, it's, it's good. It's good for the health. So such people are rascals. Although they may appear to be very respectable. Therefore, a devotee is very afraid of this so-called respectability. A devotee is very afraid of uh, becoming appreciated by foolish people on their own foolish terms. A devotee cares about pleasing Krishna. He doesn't become the dancing dog of a foolish master. Rather, he is the dancing dog of the real master who is Krishna. This is devotee. He is uh, different. The devotee is different to others. It's a different goal of life, different attitude, whole different way of thinking. The, uh, the materialistic person, everything he sees, he sees. He's simply thinking, how can I use this? Everything he sees, every situation he's in, he thinks, how can I use this to affect my own self-interest measured in terms of sense gratification? And the devotee 
whatever he sees and whatever he does, he thinks, how can I utilize this situation to serve Krishna, to remember Krishna? A completely different outlook on life. Devotee is not simply a a vegetarian materialist who chants Hare Krishna. But a devotee is one who has taken Krishna as the only goal of his life. Not that if we say, well, Krishna consciousness is the main goal of my life. This is not Krishna consciousness. It is the main goal of my life and I have other goals also. This is not Krishna consciousness. The only goal is Krishna. This is Krishna consciousness. Some people will say this is fanaticism. They say, religion, well, religion is alright, but not too much. They will say, religion is alright as, as long as it, it just helps you to live in this world and be a normal person. It's very reasonable. Religion, if you're a little religious, that's nice. You can be moral and it's not really compulsory, but if you like, it's nice. You can do a little... See, we have, you see, actually, I'm an atheist myself, but, you know, I'm quite a reasonable atheist, so if someone wants to be a little bit religious, that's all right. I've given my stamp of approval that a little religion is all right, but too much religion is very bad. And then you see then people become be- bewildered and they give up the, the real goal of life, which is to enjoy the senses and have a good life and earn lots of money and they become foolish and they they just become brainwashed by this idea of understanding or, or dedicating to God which is after all God just an idea to lower your BP, right? So it's this is too much. So the uh, materialist presents himself as very reasonable. He says, well, we should be very balanced and you see... Little religion's okay, you know, maybe, you know, 5% or maximum 10% or maybe 15%, but absolutely no more than that. You know, you have, there are so many important things to do in life, you can't take religion too seriously. You know, you've got to take the dog for a walk and, and uh, <laughs> all these important things to do. And, and actually, uh, it's stated in the Vishnu Purana, anyone who keeps a dog in their house goes to hell. <laughs> By the way. You're already in hell. If you're living with a dog, you're already in hell. Hellish mentality to want to keep a dog in your house. Stinking dog. So, uh, the devotee knows and experiences that Krishna is not just some side dish for my sense gratification. Krishna and Krishna consciousness is not just something that, you know, just something to do in your hobby to be taken up in spare time. The devotee doesn't have any spare time. All his time is only meant for Krishna. Now you may think, well, this, uh, how does this fit with our day-to-day life? We're working, we have families, yeah, yeah. alright, but everything for Krishna. That is Krishna consciousness. Krishna consciousness is not something to be fitted in between work and shopping and social life and sleeping. 
Krishna consciousness is if one is actually to be Krishna conscious then Krishna conscious means that there is no meaning in one's life but Krishna consciousness and all these other things which uh, are considered a necessary part of life that is just some uh, incidental or rather uh, that is only done is only done for maintenance of the body so that we can go on with our Krishna conscious activities and that also has to be done in the sense of Krishna consciousness Prabhupada wrote and many times said that householders they should give 50% of their income for spreading the Sankirtan movement no one wants to do that and you may think well it's how can we live if we give 50% and no one's pressing to do so but uh, the idea is there that the money the income we should understand it's not that well I I have earned so much money and it's my money and I'll I'll give something for Krishna consciousness but we should understand that actually nothing belongs to me one of the prominent Grihastha disciples of Bhaktisthan Saraswati Thakur he was earning a lot of money by 800 rupees a month nowadays if you earn 800 rupees a month it's probably just enough to pay your bus up and down to the factory but uh, during the month but in those days it was a very high salary and every month he would bring his income and give it all to Bhaktisiddhanta Sartako he would and then Sartako he would give back a small amount enough to maintain his family he, would, he wouldn't take it but he arranged to give it to his wife like this 200 rupees he gave back so he's earning high income but he's, uh, you take it all my whole life is meant for you only he had a very Bhaktisthan Sarasvara a very high standard for for Grihastha disciple so they would they were supposed to come to the march every evening and engage in the full program that uh, they they'll home life was not supposed to be the center of their lives but if they were living close to the mat then they were supposed to come and spend the whole evening every evening and uh, because this is the this is the process of sharanagati of developing surrender so he, Bhaktisthan Sarasvati didn't insist on that there was only one disciple who did that and he also not under order under his own volition he gave his whole salary every month but um, that was the standard he wanted that his disciples would come up in Krishna consciousness how, how to come up the sacrifice must be sacrifice must be the giving a whole the, the intention not only the intention but the practice of giving our whole being to Krishna must be there if we say 50% that's a very great demand to give actually that's a concession for householders 
because actually one is supposed to give 100%. The, the, the sannyasis and brahmacharis, they're giving 100% of their time and energy, everything. So for grihastas there's a concession, only 50%. And again, of course, Prabhupada didn't insist on that, but uh, he, he did state that if, if only the people of the world would give, would get 50% of their income for promoting the Sankirtan movement, then this whole world, this whole planet can be transformed by Sankirtan for distributing prasadam, printing books, and all these things. So, all these things, this is, this is something, uh, it may seem just like well, everyone will say I'm a fool if I if I was to so much be Krishna conscious. We should be Krishna conscious and at the same time maintain our social respectability. Ah, uh, maybe, but social respectability isn't very important actually. Krishna consciousness is very important. If social respectability conflicts with our Krishna consciousness, then we have to take Krishna consciousness. We're all the, the, the human being is, is so much influenced by peer pressure that we have to appear respectable in the eyes of others. But this is one form of how Maya works. That everyone is subtly coercing everyone else to be like everyone else and everyone else is in Maya so it's, it's, it's a group plot to how everyone is kept in Maya everyone's watching everyone else oh you're not wearing the latest jeans oh you're, you're, you only have a two wheeler you don't have a car what's wrong with you just your wife just wears these simple saris you, you're not going to buy her silk saris and, and it goes on and on and on the prestige you earn more money and then as soon as you earn more money you don't have enough you ever had that experience you get a pay rise you improve get a better job better job means more money right that's the meaning of a better job so as soon as you get a pay rise you don't have enough money is that right because immediately you're expected to spend on a higher level you're trapped by other people's expectations of how you should be so instead of living according to the expectations of how others think you should be others who are in this vortex of going to hell in the name of social respectability. One should consider how my guru wants me to be, how Chaitanya Mahaprabhu wants me to be. It may be that your guru says, yes, you live very respectably and comfortably and bring uh, people who are accustomed to such respect and comfort, bring them to your home, give them prasadam and uh, teach them to chant Hare Krishna. You may say that. But we should know that this so-called respectability has no meaning other than to trap us in the maya of 
thinking that this is desirable. This is described in Srimad Bhagavatam as Dhanadurmadandha. Foolishly blinded by wealth. Kasmad Bhajanti Kavayo Dhanadurmadandha. Why should one who is learned uh, simply follow in the footsteps of flatter or be influenced by those who are blinded and mad by the uh, supposition of wealth of thinking I am wealthy Sriya again in Bhagavatam Sriya Prajepsava we are we are uh, materialistic society means to be surrounded by beautiful well dressed women lots of money and all the all the uh, what's the, the vestiges of wealth and uh, family all these things so everything can be used in Krishna's service but we should know that intrinsically all these things are extrinsic to the real need of the soul which is to love Krishna our real need is to love Krishna and if necessary we have to be prepared to do what is not pleasing to others so that we can please Krishna if we're too much concerned with pleasing persons who are not Krishna conscious then we cannot be Krishna conscious it's not possible because materialistic consciousness and Krishna consciousness are different, they are opposite. So we should not be very much concerned with pleasing foolish people who <laughs> they think they're very intelligent. They think they're very progressive, advanced, fashionable, up to date. That it's it's a, it's a this idea of being up to date modern progressive is all it's actually if, if we see the cultural roots of it it's, it's based on the uh, the western philosophical mistake there's a word for it which I can't remember now of thinking that human society is always progressing that we there was there were apes running around and then some of them fell out of the trees and stood up and um, then they became human beings and then they became gradually uh, became very advanced and cultured and they sat at tables to eat their beef with knife and fox and this is the this is the pinnacle of human culture nowadays in India also people they think well to be civilized and respectable you have to eat at a table with chairs and takes up so much space in your house with this useless thing you have to spend money for it too and someone's making some business but uh, the traditional system is to sit on the floor as you, some of you might remember uh, so like this there's the, the idea that human society is always progressing 
we're always, you see, now we're more progress. Now we, we have more, we have better roads in India than ever before. Of course, as soon as you come off the highway, it's just a complete disaster. <laughs> but, uh, at least we have some roads, which, uh, some roads, the fantastic highways, which, uh, are almost up to the standard of a back street in America. But, uh, so in this way, uh, with, you see, it's tangible, we're making progress. And now you see we have, it's so progressive, you can work for an American company, and even while you're living in India, you can have a teleconference, so even while you're living in India, you can have a teleconference with America. This is wonderful, this is so advanced. But what is the advancement? Advancement in terms of Vedic culture means advancement of consciousness, not advancement of trinkets and gadgets that keep us in Maya of thinking that this material world is a very nice place. That is not advancement, that is advancement in foolishness. Actual invaded culture, one is considered advanced if he lives very simply with no attachment to all these things. That is considered advanced and cultivates spiritual knowledge. Nowadays one is considered advanced if he earns a lot of money and throws it all away at the weekend. This is the western idea. You, you, you earn money during the week and then you go to parties and you throw it all away. This, this is very clearly advancement simply in foolishness. That's all. But people think, this is great because they're so foolish they have taken the idea of what it means to be advanced from what they what they see on the TV and uh, they just assume, oh yeah, okay, we should live like this. They never actually, th- they say think for yourself, but no one ever thinks for themselves. If people thought for themselves, then why, why should they wear jeans and fashions and why? Why do they dress like that? Because they're, they're told to, by the advertisement, buy these jeans, you will be trendy. Oh, okay. <laughs> Foolish. So, in Vedic culture, one is considered advanced if he has no attraction for all these things. He's living very simply, and his life is dedicated to understanding the Absolute Truth. This is actually advanced. Hmm. So we should uh, consider this. That Don't think that this modern way of life is anything advanced. We should know that it is uh, simply, instead of just going to hell, running to hell. That's all. <laughs> That's the difference. Between previous times and now, even previous times it may have been gatagatam, what is that? Evam trai dhamamanu gatagatam kama kama alabhante. In previous times the materialism, at least in India, meant going to the heavenly planets, coming back, going up, coming... But now it's... Now the, the progress is, instead of going up to the heavenly planets and coming back, going up to the heavenly planets and coming back, is going to hell and coming back, going to hell and coming back. <laughs> that is the difference. 
It takes a long time to come back. As a, once you go to hell, then you have to come back as a tree, a cat, a dog, a fish. You come, you come be a dog in the house. And there's, there's actually not much difference in between the dog in the house and the man in the house. In, con- in consciousness, it's the same, practically. The, the, the man has become the servant of the dog. Instead of becoming Krishna Das, he's become Kutta Das. That's all. Dog Das. And he thinks, oh, this is, see, they're very advanced. I mean, even you see, in Indians, they keep dogs. They should at least learn how to look after them. At least in the in the West, they have a long-standing culture of dogs. So they know how to they know how to take the dog for a walk in such a way the dog does just doesn't drag them all over the place. It's ridiculous. You see people there, they, they have the dog on a lead and the dog is dragging them here and there. Yeah. Anyway, better not to have a dog at all. So, uh, we shouldn't be bewildered by this absurd way of life that passes on as progress. That uh, they there's such heavy social pressure that you have to wear all these fancy t-shirts and live like a complete fool and just be interested in money and prestige and we should be very afraid of this materialistic society that it is even there's such strong social pressure to conform to it but we should know for sure that it is not in not in any way whatsoever in our self-interest to conform to the standards of materialistic society. It is absolutely opposite to our real self-interest, which is to develop love of Krishna. We should understand this very clearly, that the so-called intelligent, get-ahead, trendy, upbeat person is on the royal road to hell. However much he may seem, yeah, it's great, we're very happy, we're going to improve, we're going to go on business, we're going to improve our career, we're going to go to America, and we're going to buy lots of things, and we're going to develop the company, and you should know this is all hogwash. It's all absolutely nonsense. The man's a fool number one. You, should, you may not tell him on his face, you can if you like, but uh, he, he probably won't appreciate it, but then uh, whether or not he appreciates it, that's, that's not the stand. We should try to help these people, actually. They're, it's difficult because they're so puffed up because they think I'm a success. You see, I've got a I've got a big job. I ca- I came I got my university degree and I came and wagged my tail at the office. Please give me a job, and they gave me a job and I got this fantastic job. I'm earning you know one lakh of rupees a month and you know I'm I'm great. I'm wonderful. I'm a success. And the head becomes inflated. I'm so wonderful. Who will listen? Who will listen? And you're talking all this. All this sentimental and outdated and meaningless things about religion and Krishna. Come on, be realistic. Enjoy life. You're only young once. So it's difficult to get across to such foolish people. We should certainly not be enamored by their foolishness, but we should understand it for what it is. That it is simply foolishness. And if we're also unfortunate enough to have uh, such an occupation which is considered very good, uh, we should know that actually that it's that uh, 
this so-called good job is just a, a manifestation of my misfortune that I have to associate with such uh, materialistic people that, that instead of uh, associating with devotees who are absorbed in love of Krishna I have to associate with these foolish rascals who are simply interested in love of money so we should know that the so-called good job it's uh, its actually a great misfortune uh, any job I mean good job, bad job it's all bad it's a uh, you know, it's uh, one lakh a month stool, or you know, two thousand rupees a month stool. That's all. How much? How much do you get out of your stool? And so, uh, if you if you take that, if you're able to earn some money, use it for Krishna. Don't use it to become another fool. Having come to Krishna consciousness, we should understand uh, the the overwhelming necessity of being Krishna conscious. There is nothing else to be desired in this world. There is no meaning to anything else in this world or even beyond this world. There's, the only reality is Krishna consciousness. Oh, we may desire, yeah, we'll get a so-called good job. Yeah, save your money. If you're earning good money, live simply, save it and retire early. Get out of this horrible situation of having to live with respectable, polite uh, fools who have no interest in Krishna consciousness. Oh, you can preach in that situation. Try to bring them to Krishna consciousness also. That's also. You can make the best use of a bad bargain. But uh, generally, of course, they won't appreciate that and they, they might throw you out of the job if you if you uh, try too much to preach Krishna consciousness. But uh, at least this, underst- this understanding must be there Prominently, prominently, we need to understand this, that everything here is temporary. We should know everything here is temporary. We should, we should always remember at every moment that everything in this world is temporary. The only thing of permanent value is chanting Hare Krishna, serving Krishna, cultivating Krishna consciousness. That is the only thing of actual value. And whatever else may be there in this world, it only has value in as much as it can, as it is can facilitate remembering Krishna and serving Krishna. Otherwise, it has no value whatsoever. Maya, what is Maya? Everything conceived of as not having a relationship to Krishna, that is Maya. So if we if we see anything in this world, if we conceive of anything in this world as not in terms of Krishna consciousness, then that is the illusion that binds us to the material world. It may seem very wonderful, but it is just like the uh, the actual light which is reflected in the darkness. It is not the actual light of Krishna consciousness. So, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is teaching by his personal example how we should not care too much or very much or at all for what others think. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu 
he was very much respected in his youth as a great scholar. He lived in a land of scholars. Navadip Dham at that time was known as a place of scholars. And he was the greatest scholar of Navadip. But he, after receiving the holy name from Ishvara Puripad, he forswore his mundane scholarly activities and became a, a social outcast, an odd bod by the materialistic estimation, and simply chanted Hare Krishna, danced, chanted, cried, and the uh, respectable Hindu said, you see, he's spoiling Hindu society. He was previously very good, very good scholar, but now he's spoiling Hindu society. And the sannyasis here are saying the same thing. You're not acting like a proper sannyasi. But Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he acted on the platform of Atma Dharma, the actual dharma of the soul, which is to serve Krishna. He did not act in terms of social dharma or what others think of me. Now, actually, uh, for a householder, that is generally recommended that you do think in terms. You, you, the householder has got social commitments, family commitments. So these, please, please don't go without prasadam. Mataji, you going? Should not be allowed. I see. So, uh, householder has social duties. That is there. But that also must be executed in Krishna consciousness. Otherwise, what is the use? What is the point? Hare Krishna. Is there any question about this? Every every vastu, every matter, yeah. every object, relationship with Krishna. Yeah. So these days they are producing so many cars, so many things, what not, everything. So can all of this have any samadha with Hari and can all of this be used in Krishna's service? Can everything be used in Krishna's service? Uh, most things can be used in Krishna's service if one knows how to do so. Not everything. Um, just like, for instance, the uh, some materialistic movie. The, the principle, a movie can be used in Krishna consciousness. Although actually Prabhupada wasn't that much in favor. He preferred books. Can be used materialistic movie we're going to go to watch there's that new movie Bride and Prejudice we're going to go and watch this no no use in Krishna's service the cinema hall yeah we can we can show some people are addicted to seeing uh, films then you can show show them something about Krishna yes but uh, the butcher's shop. Yes, we, sh- we shall have a Krishna conscious butcher's shop. No such thing. 
you can take the butcher's shop and demolish it and make a place for kirtan that you can do. See everything in relationship with Krishna doesn't mean that everything um, can be engaged in Krishna so because some things are directly sinful. But rather, we can see everything through uh, Shastra Drishti, Shastra Chakshuhu. We can see everything in relationship to Krishna, understand everything in relationship to Krishna. But it's not that everything uh, can be, everything is adaptable to Krishna consciousness. Some things are so directly sinful that they, they there's no wine drinking in Krishna consciousness. Actually, Prabhupada said there is, but that's that's what Prabhupada said. If the wine drinker thinks that the taste of wine is Krishna, then someday he'll be a great devotee. But when he, when he becomes a great devotee, he won't be drinking wine anymore. So that's just a concession for the wine drinkers. But it's not no, it's not that everything. Therefore, Krishna also Savadhaman Varjanam, that which is not favorable, or, or that is against the prince, anything which is against the principle of development of Krishna consciousness, that is to be given up. So. Uh, there, there is the idea of Krishnaizing certain activities, but not not everything is Krishnaizable, because there are certain things which Krishna likes and certain things that Krishna doesn't like. So that which Krishna doesn't like, uh, we, we we can't say I'm doing it for Krishna. Krishna doesn't like that we eat meat. Well, I shall eat meat for Krishna, and that's not possible. Because Krishna doesn't want us to. But but uh, that that verse is there. If one doesn't see how thing can be, things can be used in the service of Krishna, and rejects them on those grounds, that is called faulu vairagya, or meaningless renunciation. Is as a general principle, if the, the renunciation of the Maya bodies, they reject everything, not seeing, and not seeing how anything has a relationship with Hari. The, the, the mumukshu, those who are desirous of impersonal liberation, they don't see how they don't see how anything has a relationship with Hari because they don't they don't recognize that uh, everything does have a relationship with Hari. So some things we see the relationship with Hari that yes, this is Hari's Maya, <laughs> not for me to indulge in. Hmm. Why do we, we remain in Maya, more or less, you say? That question was that comes up in Mahabharata. That question was asked by the king to his ministers, which means learned brahmanas, 
That was why can we not give up Maya? So, so many of the, all the different Brahmanas, they gave different answers. And then they saw that one old respected Brahmana who was considered very wise had not said anything so far. So they were all looking at him. What's he going to say? So then he got up and embraced a pillar in the, in the, in the hall and then he embraced the pillar and said, let me go, let me go, let me go. And I thought, what happened to him? He became crazy. He said, it's like this. You're asking why we can't give up Maya. We're holding on and saying, let me go. We can give up attachment for that which is asat by associating with that which is sat. Association with devotees. Tivra bhakti. By intense devotional service, we can come out of the sphere of Maya. Something like these rockets they are supposedly sending into space. Uh, to get out of the atmosphere of Maya, it, re- it requires a very strong boost, doesn't it? It's it's uh, it works on the same principle as these little. Firework rockets. You, you you light it and you go and it comes down very quickly. But if you want to have a rocket that goes outside of the what they call the gravity of the Earth, you have to have a very strong blast, and that'll carry you out of the out of the pulling the Earth's gravitational pull. So if we're going to come out of the the pull of Maya, we have to have a very strong blast of Krishna consciousness. That's all. <laughs> Half-hearted won't work. Anything else? Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is the incarnation of the Supreme Lord. Now, as he knows everything, when he experienced, when he had a different experience after chanting the Mahamata, why did he go to clarify with his Guru? Why did Chaitanya Mahaprabhu have a Guru if he knows everything? More or less, that's why you're asking. Well, Ram also had his guru. Who's Ram's guru? Vishwamitra. Vishwamitra. Krishna also had his guru. Who's Krishna's guru? Sandipani Muni. So, in his Leela, why does he have a mother and father? If he's self-sufficient, why does he have mother, father, guru? One one reason is uh, that by taking these roles of subordination he exchanges there are loving exchanges between him and his superiors. Another is to teach the world the necessity that everyone needs to accept a guru. Everyone needs to learn. He's teaching by his practical example. Apani Achari Prabhu Jivere Shikai. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu taught by his own behavior. That's the very meaning of Acharya. Acharya means Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is he's the Supreme Lord, but he's taking the role of an Acharya. So Acharya means Achinotina Yashastrani Achari 
स्टाप यथ्यपि स्वयं आचरते यस्मात आचार्यस तेन कीर्तितः आचार्य मींस वन हु नो शास्त्र एक्ट्स अकॉर्डिंग टू शास्त्र एंड बाय हिज ओन बिहेवियर teaches others to act according to shastra he is called an acharya so chaitanya mahaprabhu as an acharya taught how it's necessary to go to an acharya as chaitanya mahaprabhu is teaching here in hare nama hare nama hare nama ekavalam kalona steva